Hello, hello, and welcome to A Play on Nerds, episode 142. And since yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, we're going to be discussing some St. Patrick's Day stuff and reviewing the movie Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space. And I'm Jarman, I'm here with my co-host. I'm the other guy, Steve. And that's right, we're going to have all the leprechaun you can eat later. (laughs) All the leprechaun you can eat, oh god. (laughs) For now, Jarman, what have you been up to since we talked? Oh, well, I've been having a good old time, uh, working a ton, but also got a chance uh, to go visit my girlfriend's parents down in a different part of Florida, and we got to go to the uh, Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg. Very cool. Uh, it's a very famous museum because there's a lot of Salvador Dali's original work, um, and it's, it was just I hadn't seen any of it in person before I'd been to that museum, and it was just cool to look at it in person up front. I'm close and personal. And I'm not a huge Salvador Dali fan because I'm more into like the realistic kind of artwork, but he also has some of that too. He branched out and did a lot of um, different kinds of art. So some sculpture, some realistic art, some definitely abstract and uh, very weird art, uh, melting clocks and all that. And there were mustaches everywhere. So it was a lot of fun. (laughs) But yeah, so Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, well, this past weekend, we had a very exciting milestone. We went to someone's birthday party in a park mm-hmm. with at least 40 to 50 people. Ah, because of COVID, that is pretty rare these days. It was pretty rare, but it was all outdoors. So that was good. Uh, but very, we like didn't wear masks, but we all kind of kept respectable distances. And everyone sort of naturally set up blankets spaced apart. Nice. Um, and uh, my buddy, Serge, who is a giant nerd man baby <laughs> he's adorable um he it, it was it was like a, it was like a nine-year-old's birthday party there were spider-man cookies and grab bags for the kids but it was his birthday <laughs> yeah and a pinata that's funny they had tacos and like that sounds awesome like oh this is like, yeah i'm like this is a great nine-year-old's birthday <laughs> Hey, it all comes full circle. Once we get older, we want those things again, like those true. childhood birthday parties. Great. And to cap it all off, this was what really captured off as a natural's birthday. They they got they hired a Nerf guy, oh, who brings all these Nerf guns and big bags of darts, and then goes out and sets up what equate to like portable paintball barriers, uh-huh. like inflatable triangles and squares, and goes and sets up a course and then runs games. Neat. That sounds Nerf fun. Nerf games. Yeah, 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 it was a lot of fun. I didn't expect to get that much cardio, but it was a good time. <laughs> I haven't had cardio in months, so I don't, oh, man. I don't even know what that feels like. <laughs> uh, but it was a really a, a great time, and we were all, you know, you could see everyone was a little bit cautious to get back to it. Everyone's kids were there and stuff? Yeah, a lot of kids. That's fun. Yeah, and I think around here in Florida, obviously, I live in Florida, and we've been terrible with the pandemic. Our our governor's a joke. Um, but even so, even myself, I'm starting to be like, I don't need to wear this mask as much as I used to. Um, and I'm, you know, triple vaccinated. And I've, I've actually had the last Omicron COVID as well. And it went by pretty well. And so most places, people are kind of slowly 
transitioning out the mass and even California has dropped their mass mandates and stuff. And so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of taken the turn for the better, hopefully, or just, uh, the- we, we just got a, a email from our school district saying that the school board has decided to go to strongly recommended instead of mandatory. For masks in our, in our school district instead of mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. And our we school just got that email an hour ago. Yeah, our my my girlfriend's a teacher in middle school, and they for a while now have been optional masks. Um, she wears one every day still for now. Oh um, man! But it's that's the way it's been. Look, even so, I have not gotten sick nearly as much. Oh yeah, in the past two years and every year before, I'm going to wear a mask in big public settings forever. I'm especially going to wear a mask. That's just in, good sense. Yeah, I have these K ninety K N ninety five masks now that you're comfortable. You can breathe and talk well with them if you get the right ones. Right. The ones that actually do the right thing. They're actually, and they actually protect you from other people. Whereas cloth masks were just kind of barely protecting other people from you. They weren't really protecting you much from other people. But the K N ninety fives are medical masks that people wear in hospitals, and like they will protect you from other people as well. So yeah, I hadn't gotten a cold or a flu in two years uh, at all. Uh, so I'm just going to wear those in, in really enclosed places if I can um, from now on. Why not? And you know what they've been great is public bathrooms because I've always been a germaphobe. And the fact yes, that I was, you have. when I'm wearing a mask in a public bathroom makes me feel so much more comfortable <laughs> and it smells less b- bad. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Now, no one knows who's peeing in the sick. Yeah. They won't be able to identify <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we got some feedback from our last episode. Now, I have to say both of these bits of feedback are very much because of our guest appearance on the Cosmic Pizza podcast. We did go there and do that. Oh, yes. Our dear friends over there, uh, uh, Paul Wright, Daniel Peter Hitch, and Sean Vanderloo. They host a Cosmic Pizza podcast, another fun kind of nerdy adjacent podcast. And we did a guest appearance there, the last episode. Go check it out. We're on there for like an hour and a half chatting about random things about our shows. Man, you and I really go off. We do. And it's not safe for work, as our shows aren't. We um, ruin their perfect family show. <laughs> but two of their listeners have now found out about us because of that show, which is awesome. Hey. And these two fans, one of them is Bill Lemond, uh, through Twitter, reached out to us, who's hashtag or Bill at, Lemond. at pass. Past Shelf Date Junior is this uh, handle on Twitter. Uh, he says, "Add a play on nerds." Heard you on Cosmic Pizza. My disabilities actually make it hard for me to retain spoken words. I'm hard of listening. I've asked the guys to post their names online. Why listen to podcasts? They make my part-time janitor job a pleasure instead of a deathly dull. Instead of deathly dull. And I think that's the guy that they mentioned in the podcast who who didn't remember their names but just remembered Sean's name. Which they, they talk oh, yeah, about Sean and the other guys. Yeah, and the other guys. And I totally understand, Bill. And and we actually I responded to him by writing out their names uh, uh, so he can actually have them written out and refer to that if he needs to. Um, totally <laughs> get that. But thanks for yeah, thanks for commenting. Hope you guys listen to our show and uh, thanks for reaching out. And I hope that yeah. you'll like to hear. And we have I a, hope so. We don't promise anything, but we're gonna try real hard. We gonna try. And then we have brace yourself a great message from on uh actually of, of youtube of all places what? from teppy lizard uh he okay. comments he or she comments howdy i heard your joint podcast with the cosmic pizza trio and i hadn't got quite gotten list hadn't quite gotten to listening to one of the a play on nerds podcasts yet so as a new listener i'd like to know how well i'd like to know how well i passed the test of the intro unsure about the ones in parentheses so 
What Teppy Lizard wow. did was listen to our intro and try to guess what each one of those sound clips were from. <laughs> and I have to tell you, you got all of them. The only one Teppy Lizard missed uh, that he didn't know was. Oh. Was it bow ties are cool? Well, no, he got Obi-Wan, Spock, Dalek, Wilhelm Scream, whiny uh, Luke Skywalker, which is true. Uh, Lilu Dallas, you shall not multipass. <laughs> That's a yeah. funny. You shall not multipass. That's great. Uh, would you like a fry with that? He says because it's it's fry saying shut up and take my money. Um, Doctor Lazarus. Uh, it's not Doctor Lazarus. Is that his name? Um, from from Galaxy Quest. Is his name Doctor Lazarus? Yeah, I think he is right then. But yeah, put me he, on the spot. All right, he recognized that's the same actor. He's like um, Snape or still Galaxy Quest. He's not sure, but yeah, it was that it was that clip uh, blocked off into two, and then he didn't get the whoopsie, yes. which is from Mortal Kombat. That's where mm-hmm. that is from, Teppy Lizard. When you uppercut somebody, the and guy yes, that is Alan Rickman's character. Yeah, Man, I feel Rickman's, like we failed. Oh, yeah, but that's Alan Rickman's character from Galaxy Quest. Uh, then he got Sean Boromir Bean. Uh, Indiana Jones, that's right. X marks the spot. Um, and then we have, it actually was Sean Bean again from um, from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings saying, I'm just not simply walk into Mordor. Uh, then we have Murlocs, Hagrid, Deckard Kane. He even got, I'm impressed with the Deckard Kane. Stay a while and listen. And then he said Kermit, and he said, not sure if it's Hans- Henson though. But I think that is Henson Kermit in that one, because it is a clip from the Muppet Show. So okay, then it should be. That's what, but he did ask, which is great. He wasn't sure. Um, and then the eleventh Doctor, correct? Bow ties are cool. And then Adama. Bow ties are cool. Adama at the end. That's right from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Last, the only one you miss is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that was really good. He oh, says. Uh, now that said, I'm only a few minutes in with our our Batman episode from last time, but I'm quite enjoying what I hear so far. I look forward to pouring over your backlogs, including seeing if Muppet Trek has discussed my favorite Jim Henson movie, The Christmas Toy. Now, Steve, what do you have to say about the Christmas toy? Do you know anything about that one? Yeah, it was a made-for-TV movie, like, hour special. Uh, a lot of people say that that it's basically the plot of Toy Story, which it kind of is. It kind of is a little bit. Did it come after the to- after Toy Story? Uh, before. Oh, well, then they stole it from him. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's about a favorite toy from Christmas who gets replaced by the new toy and what lengths they go to and the mischief that it that. That comes and it spawned off the show or the show spawned off this, uh, the secret life of toys. Oh, okay. Gotcha. A short lived television production. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll eventually get to it. We'll watch it at some point. Yeah. We can watch it. We, we've got, we're running out of like the main Christmas stuff to do for Christmas episodes. So we're going to start going and plucking some weirder stuff. Well, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so he finishes here by saying, thanks for being engaging enough that I'm hooked already. Please keep being awesome. P.S. I'm a voice artist myself, mostly music, but a fair bit of spoken word as well. So I want to thank you, Jarman, I think. Not sure. Yep, that's me. For the audacity tip for dropping markers while recording to make things easier to edit after the fact. I haven't gotten to test it yet, but that tip is invaluable enough to be easily remembered. That ought to be as helpful as the punch and roll feature. Yes, and I use punch and roll for all of my audiobooks, uh, Teppy Lizard. So that is uh, very true. Punch and roll is wow. great. It's like you guys are talking a secret language, and I love it. <laughs> It's so like, thanks. It's like watching Nell. <laughs> watching Nell Tay in the Wind. Tay. Jay, you my guy and Angel. Tay in the Wind. That's terrible. Tay. <laughs> so Bill Lemon, uh, Teppy Lizard, thanks so much uh, for listening to us uh, and the, the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Welcome. And that is our feedback. 
So I wow. think that takes you us. Never have that much feedback. I know, not in a long time. It's crazy. <laughs> Some nerd news. Nerd news. It's time for nerdy news. All right, this week on Nerdy News, uh, I've got a story that I've entitled, How Is She Wearing That? <laughs> We've all encountered, and maybe in our younger days, or maybe even now, going out to uh, a bar or club. It's a cold, brisk night. You're layered up. And you go and you see women wearing extremely short skirts or skin-tight tops, and you think, ah, how is she not freezing? <laughs> well, science is figuring it out. <laughs> There was a study in the UK of uh, female club goers where 224 women were interviewed outside of clubs and asked them questions that both concerns their uh, self-objectification or how they rated themselves of how important how they look is Mm -hmm. to them with how cold they felt. And they found correlations between uh, women with high self-objectification. That's the term they use for this and and wearing nothing but saying they don't feel cold. So So, the the better they felt about themselves, the less cold they felt. Or the more emphasis that they put on their physical appearance. The less cold they felt. The less cold they felt. Interesting. Uh, And so it's crazy findings, but it's bringing up a troubling question that they're now looking at further, which is, does over self-justification, objectification, uh, cut women off from their own physical experiences or reactions? And does that make them more prone to being or putting themselves in dangerous positions or situations through the same mechanism? Oh, I see. So basically like, yeah, that the culture objectifying women will force them into the situations where they'll feel like they have to look a certain way and that'll make them be less knowledgeable. Or they're the, more willing danger. or able to ignore right their own experience of what should be cold or what should be dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Right. So interesting. Just thought interesting, big implications. But yeah, how is she wearing that? Well, now science can tell you. That's how she's wearing that. And also because women have uh, more layers of fat than men. Uh, we have one and they have three. Careful, I- dude. No. <laughs> they, <laughs> You're treading. But physically, they have three layers of fat, I think, or two. And we have one. And so even though a woman will feel colder, uh, a man will die first in the cold. So if you put two, a man and a woman who are, uh, completely healthy in on top of Everest. The man will die first because he has, but he'll feel less cold. I can't wo- come with you on this one, man. <laughs> no, no, it's true. That's just physically <laughs> right, true. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. You'll understand someday. <laughs> I think that takes us to our main segment of Leprechaun Four in space. In space. Uh, so first impressions. Wow. What a stupendous entry into just a magnificent saga of films. Yeah. We can tell you folks at first that this is the, the, uh, franchise of leprechaun films, uh, starring Warwick Davis uh, as a titular leprechaun. And this is the fourth entry in that saga. And we picked this one because it was the worst rated. We wanted to do that for you folks. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in the saga, they were not being released in theaters anymore. After the second movie, it, they stopped being released in theaters and they were just being straight to video. So you'll have a unique time trying to find this one on streaming services and that kind of thing. But we'll let you know all about it. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's just a whole lot of movie. I think we should just dive right in. I've got a summary. We should. Yeah, I tried. 
I appreciate so we that. We start out uh, on a poorly animated starship where the cast of Space Marines, very much like aliens, mm-hmm. recites lines that were cut from the alien script. <laughs> a beautiful blonde scientist is forced onto the group for their next mission. We get a random cut to a different blonde woman in a cave. It's uh, like a Princess Leia metal bikini princess and talking to the leprechaun. And for some reason, the leprechaun is courting the princess on another planet. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> we don't know why. Like him, so he can, but he wants to do it so he can become king. And she's easily wooed with gold and gems and promises of power. Now, before you the go mo- on, I have to say real quick. Oh, at, man. At that point in the movie, this is important. At that, That's literally where I stopped. I paused the movie and was like, I need to go back and figure out how they got to this point. So I then went to Wikipedia and read the synopses of both Leprechaun 1, 2, and 3. And it still made no difference because it made, it had no point. It, there's nothing leading from those movies to this at all. There's no connective tissue. I was like, okay, never mind. I'll just keep watching because there's no point. It doesn't have any explanation of how we got here or why he's on a planet. No explanation. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the Marines show up, presumably to save the princess, but then the leprechaun makes short work of him, and he has a lightsaber <laughs> at one point, and a gunfight ensues, but the leprechaun throws himself on a grenade to save the gold bikini princess and blows up. And uh, they load the princess and all of his, all the, of his gold onto their ship, and one of the shoulder, soldiers takes a piss on the leprechaun's remains, and the and the leprechaun <laughs> magically travels up his pee and into his penis. Into his body. Yes. <laughs> into his body through his penis. Uh, back on the ship, the Marines celebrate. Two of them go off to have sex. Uh, one of them is the one who had his penis infected with the leprechaun. <laughs> what a weird statement. Yes. And jumps out of the Marine's penis, <laughs> killing him. <laughs> Uh, the leprechaun then chases the woman that's going to have sex with him. Oh. Uh, uh, elsewhere, the ship's doctor uh, gets, re- it's really rapey with the blonde princess, uh, this scene. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is discovered uh, by the doctor that is he's in command of the ship. Uh, we reveal that he needs the princess because she has regeneration powers. She's an alien. And he yeah. needs those. Right. Uh, the Marines go hunting for the leprechaun. They go into the waste disposal unit. Uh, where he cuts a hole in someone's suit and kills them. Uh, and then the lepre- leprechaun wants the princess back. So the doctor wants the wants the alien for regeneration powers. The leprechaun wants her back because he wants to marry her and become a king or whatever. And the Marines want to disobey, but they can't because they're going to get paid like 100 times their bonus. We get the reveal that the doctor's like a half android guy. Yeah, that's why he wants his body regenerated because he's, that's why he's he basically, needs it so bad. He has half of an android body or something. But he gets the Marines to go after it. Uh, the leprechaun wanders around the ship, just expositioning all over the place, explaining to seemingly no one that he plans to marry the princess, take the kingdom and then murder her. <laughs> he eventually makes it the crazy half Android doctor wakes the princess and then they murder the half cyber guy. Or you, so you think, uh, and they have venomous bugs and put them in a smoothie and they inject the doctor. It's terrible. It's all terrible. Yeah, they're mixing the DNA from the woman with bugs accidentally into the doctor, uh, into his head. So you think he's going to die. But And he he looks like he does, but then he's always like. <laughs> and he's very German for some reason. Yeah. For some reason, he's so German. <laughs> uh, the break, in, the Marines break in. There's yet another shootout. <laughs> Leprechaun takes over the brain of the Sarge and he's loaded with explosives. The princess exposes her breasts <laughs> and they leave while the others look on. 
And their excuse is that if she shows your breast to you on her planet, that means it's like a death sentence that you're going to be sentenced to death. Uh, but that just basically an excuse for the movie to show her boobs for no reason. <laughs> uh, the leprechaun then leads the remaining Marines into a space dance club where the Sarge is dressed as a party girl in full drag <laughs> for no reason. Does a song and dance routine while punching them. And for some reason, there's even nunchucks for a second there that just show up for no reason. Elsewhere on the ship, the doctor has come too, but he's some sort of deformed bug monster. Yes. Uh, the Sarge, <laughs> they try to deal with him. He becomes Robin Williams for like 30 seconds of the film before they electrocute him. Yep. Leprechaun sets the sh- ship for self-destruct, then goes looking for his gold uh, when the Marines are heading to the bridge, but then gets uh, gets captured by Dr. Spider, I'll call him. The doctor who's now a deformed spider monster. Meanwhile, the Leprechaun has yet another shootout in the cargo bay. The scientists use what they think is the shrink ray, but it ends up enlarging the Leprechaun, who is now a giant. The scientist goes to help the trapped Marine. Buff guy stays to fight the Leprechaun. Both of these endeavors go very poorly. Spider Doctor, Spider Doctor attacks the scientist who has lost her pants for a long time. I completely way. missed how she lost her pants. They're just gone. Suddenly. He like jumped out of a thing and tried to grab her and they ripped off. Just pants gone. Uh, she uses science to freeze the Spider Doctor with liquid nitrogen and then kills him with bullets and freeze the Marine. Helpful buff guy uh, gets the princess out of the escape and blows the leprechaun out of the cargo hold. Out into space, where he, ex- yeah. where he explodes for some reason. <laughs> That's not what happens in space, but okay. That's not what happens. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, they stop the self-destruct, and the three, the two remaining remains, and the pantsless scientist all embrace. <laughs> and the leprechaun's disembodied hand gives them the finger one last time. Yep. And if that made no sense, it's not our fault because this movie made no sense. It might my fault. My notes are a little bit all over the place, but man, this thing was a friggin' wreck. <laughs> well, to give you a break for a second, uh, the things I liked about this movie uh, is incredibly, incredibly silly, and it knew exactly what it was and that it was very silly. It wasn't trying not to be silly or to take itself seriously. It was ridiculous, <laughs> like just completely ridiculous. Um Warwick Davis, uh, who you may all know as being um, the original Ewok from uh, Return of the Jedi, Uh, he's perfect in this role over and over again. Even though his movies are completely crap, he's just loving every second of it. And he's really good at being creepy and weird and and just personifying this magical creature. He does it really well, right down the movements, the facial expressions, everything. And hot chicks in the 90s. Just got to like that about it. Yeah. Things I like. (laughs) So much exposition. Yeah. There were times where Warwick Davis was just wandering. I think I mentioned this, just wandering the set, spouting exposition, <laughs> and someone happened to film him. Absolutely. Uh, that might be it. Well, <laughs> there were a few. So let's talk about some real some good things. There were some of the effects that were very well handled. Okay. For the German doctor being a very insane character, the effect and the visual of him being just this torso with the clipped over body. That did look good, actually. Yeah. Was was delivered very well and looked good for most of the film. Yeah, it was a great effect. Uh, I thought the doctor's weird 
bug thing while over the top was a good effect. It was a good creature effect. Absolutely. That probably was the majority of their money right there. Was the that- worst was probably the Sarge Sarge's like fake robot face part was probably the worst looking. It looked very fake. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, they, 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 they like respect science and that I had this moment when they were like making the smoothie of DNA uh-huh. and they threw in the, 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 the like spider, the scorpion. I was like, man, they better not drink that. Cause that's not poisonous. They're venomous. That won't do anything if they, if he drinks it and they injected it. And I was like, man, these guys respect science. Hey, yeah. This movie, one thing it does, it respects venomous. Science. They got it right. Good for you guys. So things I disliked, uh, hot chicks in the nineties. Uh, you disliked that. Yeah, because I liked it, and I also dislike it because I know that I'm not supposed to like that. That is complete objectification of women for no reason. Uh, the uh, the hot chick Marine was actually – I looked her up. She was um, – she's the chick from Tool Time. Uh, yeah, from, Heidi. From, yeah, she from Home Improvement. She was the Tool Girl for most of the seasons. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then she she started that before she got this job. So she was already uh, Heidi on Tool Time before she got this job. Um, other thing I disliked was that – I kind of like this too, but it was completely bonkers with no actual attachment to the previous three films in the series, which I mentioned is that why wouldn't they at least try to have some kind of connection? The leprechaun could have been anything. It didn't need to be a leprechaun. It was just, it was pointless that he was the leprechaun in this movie. Um, And also of course, terrible acting except for Davis work, Davis and Tina really, he really does try to sell it. He does. He really does. He does a fine job. And Tina, I thought was actually pretty good. The, the, the sexy scientist, she, she wasn't a terrible actress in this film compared to other people in this movie. That's true. I don't know. I, I thought she was all right. I think, uh, speaking of that, like same thing, dislikes the objectification, but not only of women, but men, there was an true. insane shot. Uh, we're in one of the shootouts, one of the like six shootouts in this film <laughs> where the guy gets shot in the shoulder and he's like, Oh, and immediately throws his gun on the ground, takes his vest off and then takes his shirt off. Like showing his six pack rippling abs while he like grasps his shoulder. I'm like, why did you take your shirt off? Just objectification. Why did you take off your body armor for that? And they actually mentioned somewhere in the trivia that I looked up before that uh, the directors thought he looked so much like Sylvester Stallone that initially they wanted him to do a Sylvester Stallone accent, like through like our voice throughout the entire movie. And they said it just wasn't okay. going to work. So they stopped doing it. But he looks that so, makes sense. He does look like him, like a better looking Sylvester Stallone almost. Um, but they're like, this is not going to work. We're not going to do it. <laughs> it would be too <laughs> ridiculous for this movie. <laughs> um so some good effect but man just nonsense so this is my like the, my mental explanation of how this movie could happen mm-hmm. so someone called their cousin and it was not a very good phone line and they had just seen the trailer for aliens oh yeah so they described what they remembered of the trailer from aliens to their cousin on the other end of the phone <laughs> And he's like, all right, so you got that? And the, But the like, space marines and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. He's like, all right, now make a movie out of that. And then hung up the phone. <laughs> and this is what came out of it. Leprechaun 4. Inspired by someone who watched the trailer for Aliens. <laughs> Do you want to hear what was the true inspiration? Oh, my God, money. So a, The search for money. According to Dave Trippett, the executive in charge of production for the first three movies, this film originally started out as a spoof of Apollo 13, which was made in 1995. What? 
a senior at Trimark, a senior Trimark executive, saw the promo art for Apollo 13 and immediately had artwork made up replacing Tom Hanks's face on the poster with the leprechaun's face. And this is what started the script work for this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Terrible. <That's> nightmarish. <laughs> my thing is better than that. It is, actually. Uh, the title character is never once in the film referred to as a leprechaun. He is only called alien monster bastard or some other combination thereof, which is ridiculous. But one cool thing is I did notice this. I was like, that sounds familiar. The sound of the doors opening and closing are taken from the original doom video game where it was the sound of the elevators. And I was like, I knew I recognized that sound because I played that damn floppy disc game when I was a kid. Um, yeah, and I mentioned yep. already the guy Brent Jasmer, who played books in the sh- in the movie. He had a resemblance to Sylvester Stallone, so the director wanted him to do that accent entire film, but he later dropped the idea. He also was fearing legal issues if he had him impersonating Sylvester Stallone the whole movie, and he'd be sued. So <laughs> that didn't happen. That's fair. Yeah. What a film, though. Just um, this really. man it makes you proud to be Irish. You know <laughs> this film. I am a little bit Irish. So yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> yeah. Um this thing is a doozy. Watch it the way that you would watch a train wreck. Mhm. <laughs> Wherever you find it, just do it. <laughs> and hey, the original film has something. the debut acting performance of Jennifer Aniston in, in Leprechaun 1. That's true. That film was okay. It was all right. It was silly, but it was fun. It was good. It, it was, was well made. Uh, it was some. Yeah, it was some. All right, let's get away from this movie. All right, so now we have a reason for the season segment once again, this time for St. Patrick's Day. I don't think we've done a segment of this before, but we've had 142 episodes, so it's very possible. But I figure I'd focus on St. Patrick's Day itself this time around, and if next year we do another St. Patrick's Day episode, we can focus more on leprechauns in particular, because next year I've already said we're going to do another review of another Leprechaun movie. It's going to happen. Leprechaun 5, Leprechaun in the Hood. As as we should. <laughs> I think that is Leprechaun 5. I think it is too. And he returns to the Hood as well in the, in the yeah, Leprechaun back to 6. The hood. So reason for the season, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick, who lived during the 5th century, is the patron saint of Ireland and its national apostle. So he was born in Roman Britain, and he was kidnapped and brought to Ireland as a slave at the age of 16. He later escaped, but returned to Ireland and was credited with bringing Christianity to its people. So that's pretty much the whole thing of St. Patrick. There's not much else to talk about besides that. A lot of lore has built up around besides that, but it's all kind of just made up, and that's not really known. Um, His his death is believed to have happened on March 17th, and that's why this day is celebrated. Um, it's funny because in Ireland, it's actually very much a, a holy day and they go to church. And for the longest time, even pubs were forced to be closed by the government on that day. So it was not a big drinking holiday like it became in America. Right. But the influence of corporatism is very strong. So in 1995, the Irish government actually eased those restrictions. And now f- by this day, fully embraces it as a drinking holiday to promote tourism. Um, and they have a big celebration and stuff of St. Patrick's Day. But that really that came Full circle from America adopting it um, and how that yeah, happened. Yeah, we did it, guys. We ruined another culture. <laughs> we certainly did. Um, so, yeah, about the ninth or 10th century, people in Ireland uh, were observing the Roman Catholic feast day of St. Patrick's Day on March 17th. Uh, but the first St. Patrick's Day parade, which are a very popular thing now, took place not in Ireland, but in America 
And which is cool is that records show that St. Patrick's Day parade that was held on uh, March 17th, 1601 in a Spanish colony that is now known as St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, hardcore. Isn't that awesome? So Steve and I growing up in uh, Florida, we would go to field trips to St. Augustine growing up. I don't know if you went on one of those, Steve. Oh, yeah. But also now it's like a very popular romantic uh, donate. uh, location what are we trying to say not location destination destination thank you because <laughs> they have great hotels like right in this beautiful wa- waterway and like an old abandoned fort and it's just it's really beautiful there um but the parade uh was held by spanish colonies irish vicar uh, ricardo artur which was an irish guy who nice. was there in the spanish colony so that's pretty cool that it came up um but more than a century later homesick irish soldiers serving in the english military uh w- that were in new york uh, in 1772, they wanted to honor the Irish patron saints. They held a parade in New York and Boston and other early American cities, and they only grew from there. Hmm. Um, and also later when we had a huge influx of Irish uh, immigrants to the U.S. because of the potato famine in Ireland, um, eventually, and especially in Boston and New York, where a lot of these immigrants came to, they celebrated with parades and celebrations for that day. And Americans at the time used that as a stigma against them and like used propaganda to say that they were just drunkards and partiers um, because they were celebrating on that day. They made it very public. So they still use that to this day uh, as like a stigma against Irish people and, and, a, and a, you know, that they're all drunkards basically. But that also came from propaganda basically. It's not a thing that existed before nice. that. So another good thing we did. We did it, guys. <laughs> and so today, uh, the New York Parade is the world's oldest civilian parade and the largest in the United States, with over 150,000 participants every year. And nearly 3 million people line the 1.5-mile parade route to watch this parade. And it takes more than five hours. It's a huge-ass parade, and that's in New York, not in Ireland. Um, and Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Savannah, Georgia, all celebrate the day as well with huge parades um, but in 2020, it was the first time in, you know, almost 100 years that it was canceled because of COVID-19. It had been going on nonstop since then. Um, and now it's just a huge thing around the world, um, kind of kind of going full circle. And leprechauns don't have a whole lot to do with St. Patrick's Day, actually. They're a Celtic, um, you know, folklore icon. Uh, they were called something I can't pronounce, Loberkin, I think. Small-bodied fellow is what that meant. And they have it actually their own holiday on May 13th, but they somehow got associated with St. Patrick's Day because they're an Irish folklore. Because thing. green. They're green. They need more green stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I got the leprechaun there. But there's a very minor figure in Celtic folklore, but kind of just the rest of the world kind of built that up, just like the rest of St. Patrick's Day was built up by the Western world and not by Ireland in particular. So. Yeah, that's pretty much the reason for the season. It's screwed up, and uh, the U.S. had a big part in that. <laughs> We did it, everyone. We did it. Ding. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, I'm the one taking the radical recommend this week, and I got two simple ones. Woo! <laughs> First one, get yourself an air fryer. <laughs> have you, do you guys have an air fryer? We do not, but we hear all about it from the zeitgeist. But uh, how much are they? They range like we have one of the nicer ones, but it's because we got the one of the ones that's like for a family kind of size mm-hmm. where you can do two full racks gotcha. of stuff. But for most people in two to three person households, one of the small cheapy ones for 60 to $80, probably do it. I bet you they're cheaper. I bet you. Um, and it's just 
It's easier than dealing with the oven in most cases. It reheats food better than any other leftovers you can imagine. You want to right. reheat that sandwich? Oh, man. Reheat button on the air fryer. Hmm. Uh, and anything you've ever gotten that's frozen where you put it in the oven, you take it out, you take a bite, and you go, oh, God, that's not really crunchy. Not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. That stuff will be the crunchiest version of that you've ever had, and then you'll never want anything else. And it's healthy. And it's healthy. There's a lot of stuff where we, we don't even put oil on the, on the, the surface. In a lot of cases, it's just like a super toaster. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we recommend it. Check it out. Get an air fryer. There's like a thousand brands, sound choices, but it is totally worth it. I like it. I need to get it. All right. And the other one is uh, putting milk on cake. <laughs> All right, now hear me out. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So you've ever had like a leftover cake or, you know, sheet cake where there was too much and you end up with sheet cake. And you take it home and it's been in the fridge like a few days and you take it out and it's just like, uh, it's so it's kind of dry and not really exciting. I just threw away my birthday cake that would that turn dry. Right. So all you do is you cut a slice, you put it in a bowl and you pour a little bit of milk over it. <laughs> all and right. it just, it, it reinvigorates it and you get this like nice, like, yeah, chocolatey milk drink, kind of eat it like a fun cereal. Yeah, could you use like, like almond milk or like soy milk or something? No. What? Why not? <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess you could use other milks. <laughs> I haven't drank regular milk in years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just love it. It just reinvigorates that. So I picked up uh, a, a piece of cake because we had to run to the Safeway today and Joyce is with me. And it was up those assholes. They put it right up by the checkout, like a single piece of cake in a container. <laughs> so I picked one up and even Joyce was like, oh, it's too sugary. Oh, but you take that, you put it in a bowl, put a little bit of milk on it, and suddenly that helps spread the sugar out a little bit, makes that piece of shit cake a little bit nicer. It's just cake cereal, basically. Right? So check it out. Put milk on your cake. I guess other milks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not much of a sweets guy, but I will give it a shot just for you. Right. Well, you ever had that cake just been like a day too long? Well, we have cupcakes in the fridge right now that have been there a long time. Can I try with a cupcake? <laughs> no. Why not? God. Damn. Why have you not been listening? What? It is for it is for pieces of cake only. Why not cupcakes? They're cake. <laughs> Do you want to destroy everything? <laughs> but what if the cupcake is dried? Should I put it in milk, like you said? I guess. Or rum. Put a little bit of rum on there. Well, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> you dumbass. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, so in trailer reviews this week, we're going to talk about Firestarter, which for those of you who are maybe over 30 will remember was a movie back uh, in the day, the first Drew Barrymore. The, the debut film of Drew Barrymore, I believe. If not, I didn't know that was debut. That makes sense. It was either that or E.T. was the one of them was her deb- debut film, but they're really close together. Uh, basically, it's a Stephen King novel about this little kid who gets uh, pyrotechnic powers. Um, and the consequences of having those powers in the real world, and possibly if the little girl isn't the nicest person in the world. Um, so what do you think of this trailer, Steve? Uh, I, I think, I don't know much about the original. I don't even know if I've really seen it. Uh, did you pit, paint a good picture of what the movie will be? Mm-hmm. It's weird to see Zac Efron in like a fatherly kind of role. Like that's a weird adjustment. <laughs> He's that age but now. <laughs> I, I guess. It seems more like the fun uncle, you know? <laughs> Um, it's, I don't know if they did this in the movie, but they mentioned like, she's the first superhero. I'm like, why would you take it that angle? 
Mm. There's so much superhero crap right now. Well, that's probably exactly why they took that angle. <laughs> Ugh, you're terrible, Hollywood. Um, I don't know. I can, I guess I could go for a St- Stephen King horror film. Yeah, and my thing was that just the the trailer just looked very quality, and the acting looked good. The special effects looked good. The little girl actress seems amazing. Her screams, intense screams, are in- incredibly intense. Um, and I kind of enjoy the fact that in today's society, if if um, government agents found a girl who had pyrotechnic abilities, they would suddenly think kind of like a superhero, you know, like that's kind of what would think, go through their minds. And I don't think that angle was mentioned at all in the early movie with uh, Drew Barrymore, but now it kind of makes sense that they'd at least bring it up. Um, and oh, you're part of the problem. <laughs> and and Zach Efron, I think he's got a new agent or something, or they're taking his, his career in that direction because he's getting more and more movies now that are more prestige movies or things where he's not playing just the the beefcake or the uh, the the jock guy because he's aging out of that a little bit. So he's, yeah, I think he went to his agent and he's like, please God, can I work out a little bit less? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Just, just a little bit less. Can I grow a beard and not go to the gym? <laughs> That'd be cool. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, but it's by Blumhouse who made it the, the production and they do a lot of great horror films. Um, but it also seems kind of like a thriller as well as being a horror kind of thing. And Kirkwood Smith is in it, which is the guy from uh, that 70s show also in like RoboCop and a lot of, and Star Trek. He's in a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, he's the old guy in the hospital she's talking oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the father on that 70s show. Uh, but yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> so that I think it, it looks good. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to give it uh, uh, I'm going to give it a Raul Julia saying I set fire to that town, but for me that was just a Tuesday. Wow, I like it. <laughs> uh, I'll give it one Raul Julia uh, who who they put his birthday cake in front of him and he goes to blow it out. It's trick candles and Raul Julia is not amused. <laughs> Why won't they blow out? I don't understand. I'm not doing it again. Pranks are not made on me, you fool. Cut me a corner piece, damn it, and get those candles out. <laughs> and then put milk in that bowl with that cake. Because <laughs> it's a little dry. <laughs> and real milk, not some soy monstrosity. A cupcake, it'll never work. <laughs> There's too much frosting. Too much frosting. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> there's trailer reviews for you. Oh, man. Well, that takes us to the end of episode 142 of A Play on Nerds. Uh, thanks for joining us for this crazy leprechaun-filled romp. We'll keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts if you keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. How.